On today's episode, we're diving deep with Jan Degze, the author of the recently published book, The Full Stack Recruiter. He spent the past 20 years recruiting and building world-class technical teams. We'll be diving into the tools that Jan uses to save almost 20 hours a week, the future of the recruiting industry, and more. Jan, the very first question I have for you is what led to your initial start in the talent management world? You started your career as a IT manager and recruiter. Tell us about what drew you to that role and how things took off. I already shredded the answer so many times, so I hope I still stick the same story. <laughs> but when I started working in recruitment, I got the opportunity as everyone else, right? And the opportunity was, hey, would you like to work with people? My answer was yes, of course, because I thought that would be an easy job. Oh boy, I was so wrong. So agent director industry at the time i also basically work as a it manager or it i was taking care about development new ats i was also taking care about everything related to it infrastructure and all those things so it was interesting part of my job because i'm really enjoying to work with it software not just with it people just regular it software hardware that's something that makes me happy too so basically to answer that it was just an accident. And because of the accident, I'm in the recruitment industry for almost 20 years. You've worked at many types of companies and organizations across that time. How have you chosen which companies to recruit for? That's a very good question. So when I was working at agency, it was easy, right? Because you have lots of clients. And thanks for that, I was also able to learn more about how those companies are hiring people, how those clients of mine, how they process candidates, how they create a good candidate experience. And when I was looking for my first role in the corporation or outside the agency world, I basically follow the people and follow the opportunity. And I believe that so far the companies I choose over my career were the right one for me. But I always follow people because I believe that even if something is not going right and you are surrounded with amazing people, let's say A players, you can survive anything, you can flourish, you can learn a ton. And the best way how you can learn is from others. And I was so lucky and blessed to have really amazing people that I can call colleagues and friends over time in my life. So basically... Following the people is the, is the way how, how to hire me anywhere, you know. Throughout your career then, the recruiting world has changed quite a bit from the tools that recruiting teams have access to. And you write extensively about the use of various AI technologies for various parts of the job search process, as well as on ATS and the validation. Looking at your own workflows as a recruiter, what are some of the AI tools that you found most useful? So ChatGPT, that's probably the first <laughs> answer that I will give you. Definitely ChatGPT is basically the main tool that we all are using, right? I'm also building my own AI tools, bots, writing my own prompts. So ChatGPT is the tool that is giving me the API that I can use for my own things or my own creation. I started working with Cloth from Anthropic recently, and I really love that tool. It's really cool. From all those tools that I'm using, there are many of those. I am buying and testing any AI tool that 
is out there just to understand which tool is going to help me to create more, be more productive, save lots of time. That was the theme of 2023. I was trying to save time and my goal was to save 24 hours every week. Thanks to AI, I sadly didn't achieve that goal. So I saved around the last time I counted was like 16 hours every week to AI tools. But definitely, if I'm going to mention several AI tools, definitely Voila Chrome plugin or AI Chrome plugin using HGPT is one of the tools I like. I like Jasper AI, definitely the tool that I'm using every single day. And from, let's say, video tools, I'm using SpiritMe, HeyGen, and a few others like Potion, Be Human, and other tools for video creation and basically cloning myself and sending the videos to the right audience. And mm. those tools are really amazing. And the, the evolution of those tools, I was like shocked when I see the progress that those tools did over the year. And the HeyGen is, oh my God, it's incredible, amazing tool. And I can't wait to see where that tool will be, let's say, within two or three years. You mentioned a couple of really interesting things. With those bots that you're developing, what's the agent interaction? What's the bot <laughs> being used for? So I'm going to spill some beans. So I'm basically creating several bots. So one of the bots that I created is basically, it's like my friend buddy that I basically asking some questions or a hypothesis. And the bot has to challenge me and basically like playing the devil advocate, saying, no, that could work differently through that interaction. I'm basically challenged to think differently, right? So every single time when I ask something, then bot basically opposed me. It's a very simple interaction. It's not some kind of like high tech or like super cool prompt or super cool AI bot. But the entire purpose of that bot is to challenge my thoughts and my opinions is like arguing with stranger <laughs> on LinkedIn. But that stranger is very smart. It's not just troll. Yeah. It's not someone who is just trying to argue with you. But it's a very smart bot because it's using the power of ChatGPT. But it's challenging you to change your mindset and think about things differently. Because what I realized like some time ago, every single time when I'm, for example, writing about something, right? I need to speak with someone to get the different point of view because I do not know everything. And through that interaction, I learn lots of new things and it makes me think about, hey, what about if I use that application tool for something else or differently? And because I don't want to share some secrets or some things that I don't believe are ready to be shared, that bot is basically working as my, let's say, evil friend <laughs> that is opposed or that is basically challenged my thoughts and opposed me regarding some ideas that I'm sharing with it. Plus, if you do the same with your friends, they usually say, oh, great idea. Yeah, it's perfect, amazing. And they are supportive and that's okay. But I also need to have one, let's say, evil person in my life. And that's ChatGPT bot who is telling me, nope, you can't do that. I believe it's a bad idea because of this and that. And it providing also the reason why that thing can't be done and what is the reason. And my goal is to change the mind of that. And again, it's all about the process. It's not the final outcome, but for me, the process is super important. That's a great idea. It sounds like a business advisor and life coach built in one. <laughs> 
the evil one. <laughs> <laughs> what was your process for developing that? Are you using any off-the-shelf tools or doing the coding yourself on that? There are two ways. So basically, first way is using the same thing that everyone is using, right? ChatGPT, store all the tools that are available. And the second option is to build your own tools. So you can have the API. API is quite cheap. If you are willing to invest, I don't know, $10 per month, it's like nothing, right? And you can also get free APIs or free credits for some AI tools if you want to test them. So you can just reach out to those companies, those owners. But for those other tools, I'm asking or hiring people on Upwork.com. Basically, you can hire someone who can help you to build some very small tool. Or I'm trying to build it with ChatGPT. So basically, I'm asking ChatGPT to build simple tools that are using AI API for money. And so I can just play with it. It's not perfect, but it's just for me. So there is no need to be perfect. So it's just more for testing theories and ways. So it's just fun. You also mentioned the use of tools to clone yourself in certain types of messages as a way to add more leverage. As you choose to use different tools, what are scenarios where you actively choose not to use any AI tools, if any? Interaction with my friends. <laughs> That's probably the interaction where I'm not using any AI tools or anything like that, because I still believe that the interaction between two humans should be like the one that we currently have. It should be real. I don't want to hide behind filters. I don't want to generate myself because that interaction is not going to help me to connect with the other person. Because, you know, the filter, the AI avatar is working as a wall between two people. And yes, at some point it could help with some interaction, but in most cases it won't because you're constantly thinking like, is the person trying to cheat or try to scam me or is the person the real person? Because anyone can hide behind my face or AI face because it's super easy, right? So deep fakes and stuff like that. So definitely I'm not using AI when I'm interacting with friends or people that matters in my life, so... Looking more broadly at just the universe of recruiting, are there any aspects of the recruiting world that you feel will be the most challenging for AI to play a role in? That's a very good question. I'm honestly thinking about that like every single day because the AI evolution is amazing. It's challenging everything, not just in our record industry, but in every industry. I believe the empathy, like real empathy, will be very hard to mimic so, you know, if you take some interaction between two people and or two friends and you are trying to explain the person like, hey, I just don't feel well and these are the reasons, the other person understand those things, right? Because they experience the same things, they have the experience with some of like that. But the AI, it's more working in the way like, if and that. So if something happened, then do this or do that. So there is lots of chats and discussions about how AI going to be pre-screening people, right? Like through chatbots, etc. This is going to happen at some point. They will create some AI that will be able to have like proper conversation that will sound like proper conversation. And I believe Google already did that with, I believe it was a duplex. However, if you do the interview, sometimes you need to read between lines, right? So it's not what that person have in the resume, but what 
the person is saying and how they are saying it. So if you are a good recruiter and you are speaking with some candidate who is trying to explain to you that, hey, I'm looking for a new job because I'm not happy at work, right? The AI could ask like, what happened? And it sounds like, hey, just fill the other box or just provide the answer and then we'll move on. But the human recruiter can dig a little bit more like, okay, I understand that you are not happy. Are you talking about remote work, uh, hybrid? Are we talking about the manager or your leaders, your colleagues, the products that you are working on or what is going on? So you can create more human interaction that will create better connection with the other person. And those people or those candidates are more willing to share, right? And I'm always coming back to one situation in my life that there was a role, let's say technical support, and I got the resume from the person who worked as the IT director, right? It was the beginning of my career. And I rejected that person because I saw IT director and it was technical support role. And I rejected that person. And luckily, he come back to me and asked me, hey, what I'm doing wrong? Everyone is rejecting me. What I'm doing wrong? What is the issue? What I did? So I jumped on the call, luckily, because that was a very interesting and learning experience for me. I jumped on the call and we had a discussion. That discussion was uh, like 15 minutes or so. And what I learned during that discussion is that he has a title IT director because it's the company of three people, if I remember correctly. So he's basically doing technical support. He wants to do the technical support, but his title is just screaming IT director. And that was the reason why every single recruiter rejected him because he was applying for the right role with the wrong resume. And that was a very interesting situation because I learned a lot and I always trying to remember during my entire career on that situation that I should not be judging from the person only because of the job title, because I also need to learn a little bit more. So I'm giving chances to people, but AI probably not going to give them any chance because AI will only read the job title. AI will not try to understand, hey, you are not IT director. So what the heck you are doing? Okay, IT director, but you have a, in the company of free. So you're basically doing technical support and you only have a fancy title. And that's something that I believe it will be very hard to overcome that. And AI will definitely going to be struggling to understand those small nuances and because mm -hmm. every person is different in the way how we express ourselves, how we cover our career through LinkedIn profiles or through our resumes. So it will be very hard for any AI to understand who we are. But I know the companies are trying hard, but it's still connected with one thing. It's connected with keywords. We as a humans are a bunch of keywords on the internet, but in the reality, we are way more. and. I would love to see AI that us, that will understand us. And that's only possible if we provide the data. But our data will no longer be available because lots of companies are putting paywalls. We are locking our social media. So <laughs> our profiles are not going to be scraped. The other AI will not be trained on our data. So at some point, all companies will be filled with AI tools. But candidates will be choosing the companies that will have a real live recruiters. They will give them a chance and they will understand the raw talent, not just a bunch of keywords. But we'll see. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, we, we just have to wait until there's an empathy API that can be tuned up, up and down. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
looking at the other side of the equation, Jan, so most companies in the world right now are scrambling to hire all levels of AI talent. And outside of hiring, retention can be challenging as well. What trends or strategies have you seen with the uh, companies that you work with in uh, retaining top AI talent? I believe retention is quite easy. Give people flexibility, paying them well, give them the purpose, hire a team that will be around them, their colleagues that will be, are pretty good, and not just as experts, but as a human beings. And you solve the retention because people will stick around people that they like, that they trust with the leaders who are not micromanagers in the company that treat them as adults, give them the flexibility and pay them well. And of course, though, it's very easy to say that it's very hard to do that. Regarding the retention or what companies are doing, what is happening on the market, I'm honestly seeing layoffs more than just retention. I believe a lot of companies, they can't properly plan, but there are also some companies, they are very cautious about their hiring initiatives. So kudos to them because it's super important not to overhire. Because the more people you start firing, like little Amazon and those so Meta and those companies, this gives you a very bad reputation. And it's very hard for you to attract top talent because you don't want to work for a company if you are a lot like those three. If you are a top talent and you know that you can be fired next year just because someone was not able to plan properly. So that will be a challenge. And the second thing is, well, I know some of my friends who are working in various industries would like to leave their company because they just want to leave because the layoffs that are happening in those companies, but they do not have lots of opportunities where to go. So I've got several friends in marketing and finance and they would love to leave their companies, right? But there are no opportunities. So they're stick with those companies and because there are no opportunities anywhere else and lots of companies are moving from like pure remote roles to hybrid, that's basically the retention strategy right there. And I don't believe it's going to change for at least six, nine months or even more because the market is not doing well. And if people are checking what is happening in the world, I'm more expecting that in the Q3, Q4, there will be like crisis, like economic crisis. Yeah. And based on all the predictions out there, it could be worse than 2028. I don't want to scare anyone, but I always trying to think about those things and how it's going to influence my industry, recruiters, job seekers, myself. There is no job security anymore that we learned for last two, three years. Looking at the AI industry from a global perspective with recruiting patterns that you've seen, are there any regions of the world or countries that you'd say are emerging as significant players for AI talent? This is a very good question because the AI, like JGPT, is available to everyone, right? Like it's a global thing. I know that lots of products are coming from India. And this is you know, expected because they have lots of interesting talent there. But I'm expecting that we will see more products still coming from US due to the market, due to there are lots of investors who are willing to still burn some cash uh, on those companies. We see some companies coming also from Europe, which is great. 
but that's probably all. The problem is that running any AI, like training data, is expensive. Running those AI tools or startups is also quite expensive. And as there are no available cash or money lying around as before, then it's not easy to build a product and find extra investment, raise the money to build it and make it bigger. So it's definitely a challenge, but I'm expecting that we will continue to see that lots of products will be coming from the U.S. in that location. And the very last question I have for you, Jan, is with AI getting so much attraction right now, you have lots of people who are interested in AI roles, but are coming from non-AI backgrounds. For people in that situation, what advice would you give and what transferable skills do you think are most valuable for candidates like that to highlight? So if you are talking about some people like developers or people who wants to build those tools, so it's all about the machine learning and understanding how the machine learning and those tools are working. So building the apps, playing with the various APIs from Cloud, Google, Bart, ChatGPT, etc. That's basically the right way. For non-developers, there are very interesting free online courses. I believe one of them was built by university from Finland. There are many really interesting online courses that will help you understand how AI or basically the machine learning is working, how you can use it in your work, like for prompting and how the prompting is working. What I believe is super important is to understand how prompts are working and how you can write really good prompts. Because there are so many people on LinkedIn or Twitter or X that are basically sharing things like, this is the problem that will help you to improve your resume. And the problem has like five words, right? It will not going to help you, period. The good prompts are very extensive. One of the longest prompts I wrote has around 600 or 700 words. It's basically like almost like two pages and it's helping me to solve the problems that I've got in one specific situation. But people really don't understand that you really need to be more specific when you're writing those prompts. And if you are not specific, you will get very generic and broad results. So if you want to be good in AI, learn how AI is working and how prompting is working. Because in my industry, in, in talent acquisition, everyone is now expert on AI. But from all the people I know, probably my friend Dov is the only one who understands how prompting is working and is able to create something that is basically give you the result. And if you want to get better job in the future, that will be the way. Learn how to write better prompts. It's of course not like silver bullet or one solution that will solve everything. But definitely, this is the one thing that I recommend to everyone. And that's a super actionable and very helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time to share about your world and what you've been up to. Thank you for inviting me. This podcast is brought to you by H10. Part about advanced technology that never changes is the need for the right people to design, build, and manage it. H10 offers just that with an on-demand talent and management service that covers all aspects of engineering, program management, and AI. Trusted by over 400 companies, including half of the Fortune 10, H10 is here to help lighten your load and make you the hero. 